Show, ESPN Central Texas. And uh, now joined by John Jacus. Well, I like that dramatic music. Coach Jacus, he loves coming out to very dramatic music. I was hoping we'd catch him on the bus, like watching a, a movie, perhaps. Although you don't really have time to watch a, a movie uh, as you're heading out to the airport or anything. Coach Jacus, welcome back to the the Matt Mosley Show. We've we've missed talking to you. You've been booked on a lot of other shows, but we're glad to have you back on your number one show, the Mosley Show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. I appreciate the walkout music, a little Dr. Dre. I didn't even know you knew who that was, so that's a good step forward. And uh, I look forward to hanging out with you for a little bit, talking Baylor basketball. Yeah, yeah, let's uh, let's hang out. I mean, I kind of wanted to hang out in San Antonio the other night, but uh, but you guys uh, were in a part of the uh, Coliseum, the arena, the Alamo Dome, I couldn't really get to. Y'all were courtside, uh, wonderful tickets down there, uh, the Boys State High School Championship, and we were up there about 12 rows up, had good seats, but couldn't quite get down to you there. Um, John, that was a high-level, Class 6A. I mean, I can't imagine. You see some great high school basketball across the country. I can't imagine too many other states that have um, uh, high school state championships that are kind of, especially, I know there was some ebb and flow to that game, but early on, man, that you, they were kind of feeling each other out. They were both throwing haymakers at each other. What did you think about Lake Highlands and Beaumont United, especially being there courtside, feeling the energy coming from those players and in that building? Yeah, one shout-out to Alvin Brooks III, another coach on our staff. He definitely hooked us up. Uh, with some good seats, nothing better than the first row. I would say that that first quarter was as energetic and lively and competitive and consistent and high-level high school basketball as you're going to find in the country. I mean, it was unbelievable the way it was back and forth, how tight and solid the game was, the game planning, coaching ability by both coaches. And that second quarter kind of swung one way, and then that late third quarter kind of swung it right back. And I don't think I can get into players and specifics because of recruiting and the rules with the NCAA, but I can tell you that there's a special performances on both sides, not just for the individuals, but for the coaches and the team. So I was highly entertained. So you're going to have to do that for a living. If we have to watch basketball for a living, I don't know that you're going to get a better show than they had at that game. That yeah. Day. Yeah. And we were a little shaky. I'm connected to that Lake Highlands uh, program and it was looking a little shaky there at the end of the third quarter. And I can name names. Maybe you can't, but, uh, Trey Johnson, the great player, the great junior for Lake Islands, took over and took it from 12 points. He had 12 points at that point. He ends up with the game with 29 points. And I've told people, I saw Marcus Smart do something like that several years ago when he was at Flower Mound Marcus. And he just decided, you know what, I, I think I'm going to have to go ahead and do this. And, and he was a great teammate, too, just like Trey Johnson is. And, and sometimes superstars elevate their games at the biggest moments and hey i don't think either of us are were surprised by what happened but it was uh it was a special special performance and then it was kind of neat to see you guys uh stay over there i don't know john how you weren't like i mean i'm i'm i was watching y'all i'm just way into the game now you're in a, you know you get you show some emotion during those baylor games I think I kind of know which way you were rooting for in that game, and yet y'all, you coaches are very disciplined. There was no fist pumping from Scott. A.B. was just stoic. John Jacobs was stoic. 
I mean, y'all were not – I guess you just couldn't really show any favoritism in that game. But I was kind of surprised that y'all were able to kind of stay somewhat disconnected. I bet there was part of you inside, though, where your heart was jumping around a little bit. Yeah, well, one, there's high major Division One basketball players on both teams. So for us to pick a side would not be wise. Uh, two, I mean, you can go <laughs> online and – you can go online and see who we recruited and who we have And I think you can kind of piece together the fact that we do have personal relationships. Um, and we have personal relationships on both sides. So you're kind of rooting for kids because you know them and you know them well, and you've hung out with them. You spent time with them. Um, but because of the dynamic, it's certainly not wise for us to say anything. There's one time I wanted to say something to a ref because I thought it was a bad call, but Alvin slapped me on the shoulder and said, I can't talk to the rest during the game. So um, maybe I was the least stoic of the three, but AB kept me in check. Um, but our job is to celebrate Texas high school basketball, which is uh, the deepest state when it comes to talent um, every year, especially in the last couple. Uh, there's no finer basketball than high school ball in Texas. And there are more top 100 kids in our state than any other state in the country at this point on a very consistent basis. You're going to find NBA players at that tournament every year. And I can tell you this, I think there was some on the floor that night. And uh, it made it a special deal. All right. Uh, And I had the Lake Highlands coach on yesterday. Coach Duffield and Joe does a great job. What about this matchup? Bears, uh, I mean, we'll talk a little bit, go back to Iowa State. Um, You know, back-to-back losses to Iowa State. But this is a new season. This is when y'all turn the page. And, and um, I, 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 I do have to ask you, the rebounding, I know, had to bother you guys uh, against Iowa State in that tournament game. And quite honestly, even though the, the, y'all, y'all haven't been great of, in, late in the tournament, you were in position to win that game. You know, I mean, eight or nine minutes left, y'all are up 50-42. to 42. So it's not like, oh, Iowa State dominated the game or something. They did however, dominate on the glass. And Scott indicated, hey, that will be addressed. And there's going to be all kinds of rebounding drills in practice. Tell me, John, what what has it been like this week trying to make sure that you'll get back to being the rebounding team that you've been in the past? Yeah, I mean, I still think we're a top 30 offensive rebounding team in the country. Defensive rebounding could improve. And when Scott said that we were going to address it, I can assure you we did. Um, I would say for over half of our practices, we have these little contraptions you can put on top of the rim. It makes it almost impossible for the ball to go through the hoop. So every shot is a miss. And, you know, we have great shooters and great three-point shooters. We're the best three-point shooting team in the Big 12 and the number one offense in the Big 12. So you've almost got to close the rim up for us to miss shots on a consistent basis. But Scott put those rebounding rims on there. And the guys were getting frustrated, but we just kept telling them that we got out-rebounded 44-17, and we're not really interested in their frustration. We're interested in fixing a number. So Scott kept his word and kept his promise, and well over half our practices every day included the rebounding rim on top so we couldn't make shots. Uh, now we have a couple guards, and LJ and Keontae and Adam, who still made shots anyway. You know, <laughs> you can fit two basketballs through the rim, Matt. You can fit two basketballs through the rim. This makes it so you can only fit one basketball through the rim. It shrinks the rim to that size. And uh, yet some of our guys could still make threes. So um, <laughs> we're still the second-best offense in the country and the first-best offense in our league. But I can tell you this, we're not going to look like the worst rebounding team um, in the country the way we did in our last performance. 
uh, not based on practice and the guy's dedication to change it. So that's the key. We can't get on the floor and hit people for him. It's got to come from them. But Scott certainly kept his promise the last couple of days. All right, and maybe Langston coming back would uh, help address that. He uh, News coming out today, or at least one report, that he'll be out practicing this week and that you guys will make a decision. But, uh, John, I think we both know the toughness that he brings would uh, would be a great boost to your team. He's, uh, he's a great leader, and he's extremely tough, and he's so big uh, at, what is he, 6'5", uh, that uh, there's – He's probably one of your, if not your best, rebounding guard on the roster. Do you think that would be a fair assessment? Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, if you look at the first three games in our league and then you look at that, I think we lost two in the middle and then we lost two at the end at Iowa State. If you look at those little pockets of time, the one thing all three had in common was we had a real injury and two kind of knick-knack injuries where we couldn't practice. And so much of... This part of the year, the number one thing you want is health and consistency. A team that can get their guys fully healthy and peaking at this time. You know, four four games is fast. Four games to the Final Four is really quick. It's not that many games. Um, so if you can peak on your health and then peak on your consistency in practice, you can be in a good spot. So uh, we weren't that in the weeks between the Iowa State game. We're closer to that now, and we're hoping that the health can, can be on our side down the stretch. All right, John Jacobs, uh, Baylor men's associate head coach, co-associate head coach, joining the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. I like the A.B. shout-out for those seats. Last time I saw A.B. at a Lake Highlands game, uh, he was like he was leading a field trip. He had like 17 elementary kids who sat up shop around him. <laughs> I thought, oh, my gosh, A.B. is going to be over there having to having to correct the youngsters. But they all behaved, and, and he was able to pay attention and, and watch the game. Now, what about these gauchos? You see Santa Barbara, and uh, I'm, I'm interested in, in finding out about this team a little bit, and I'm sure you all have started you know, putting some things on film, preparing for them. What stands out about them? It seems like, from what I can recall, really good shooters, and uh, yeah, I've certainly – you know, they I, 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 I sometimes have trouble separating all those California schools, but they do have some history in this tournament. Yeah, that's true. They took second in their league. Uh, they had a great year. Um, they lost three in the middle of the league where they had some injury issues, and since that point they haven't lost. And so they're on a little run. Um, they averaged 72 points a game in league, but in the last five to close in this conference tournament, they're averaging 80 points a game. So... They're getting back and more healthy, and they certainly score the ball. Um, their point guard, A.J. Mitchell, is actually from Belgium. And when he was in high school, I actually went overseas to watch him in the FIBA tournaments. And he's friends with Manu LeCamp's uncles and families. So he's a great point guard, a full 6'5", a lefty, and NBA scouts have come out to watch him. So maybe people don't understand that Santa Barbara and the Gauchos uh, are good, but they're very good. And their point guard play is elite. That kid is really special and he'll have a long career playing professionally somewhere. And then the Miles Norris kid, their second leading scorer, is a transfer from Oregon. Um, so he was the top 100 kid in high school, 6'10", can make a three, really provide spacing. They kind of play him at the four and then a smaller center at the five, and Andre Kelly, who I think was a transfer from Cal. So you're talking about high-level FIBA kids, high-major kids that transferred. Uh, there's kind of talent all the way through, but they certainly score the basketball. And we're going to have to guard a ball screen with the European point guard to, to really function and um, get stops. 
Well, I've been reading about ball screen defense. You'd be very impressed with, with my reading materials today. And like what Kelvin Sampson at Houston learned when he was in the NBA and how to use what he calls the monster defense on the low post down there to get like a not just kind of a normal double team, but a full on trap. So, John, you're a guy you love the X's and O's and study it all and especially some of the European basketball. But I I thought you would like the fact that I was really, really into some ball screen defense today. That was kind of on my uh, in my uh, in my wheelhouse today. I'm very impressed by that. C.J. Moore, he's a friend of mine, wrote a great article and spent some time with the Houston guys down there. Uh, we're familiar with that defense because Alvin's dad actually worked there before he was head coach at Lamar. And then we played them in the Final Four, so uh, it was partly my job to help Scott to figure out how to score on that defense. Um, so it's one of the best in the country on an annual basis. But the fact that you're reading ball screen defense uh, articles for fun on the side my respect for you just went up a little bit. So we're really good friends. <laughs> that's pretty special, man. I like that. I mean, how could your respect level go up even any more than it I already know, I is? I don't going know. To this phone call, I didn't know that was possible going to this phone call, but you just made it happen. <laughs> so it just shows how special you are. John Jacobs joining the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Now, how much does experience, boy, Big Flow, Flagler, uh, EJ, I mean, I – how, and then some of these other folks that have transferred in may have had some NCAA tournament experience in their background as well. How much does that show up this time of year, you feel like? And knowing this, you know, winner go home type mentality, it just seems like Scott, the staff, all of y'all have had great, obviously great moments over the over the years, the NCAA tournament. What what makes what makes a great NCAA tournament? team like what do you have to kind of focus on in in getting the players to lock in and why do you think other than having great players you all have had so much success well i do think there's a couple things experience for sure is part of the deal and uh our guys especially the older ones have both have gone through the highest level of winning and then kind of being let down a little bit versus north carolina last year so they've seen both ends of the spectrum in their career in the last couple of years. And because of that, they're really hungry to not experience that, that North Carolina piece again and, and keep this thing going. Um, the second thing I would say is that I think 13 of the last 14 um, champions played two point guards or had two guys that could handle themselves in the ball screen. And I think that we go five deep at our guard position. So we're hoping guard play this time of year really is an advantage. And then, for us, I think there's a third piece apart from having a Hall of Fame coach, which is just something you cannot replace. I mean, Scott's experience over the years and what he's built here uh, is a real advantage for our guys if they'll, if they'll just listen. But the last piece is, I think, just getting out of the Big 12. Does that make sense? Yeah. And uh, having yeah. a chance to play other people. And um, maybe we get into a looser game. Uh, the free throws and the fouls and the way people grab and are allowed to play defense in our league, maybe that changes a little bit. But there is something about getting out of the league and them not being familiar with our defense, our defensive rotations, our personnel. Um, They don't have us memorized quite the way the people we do in the league. So if you can take advantage of this experience and point guard play and Hall of Fame coach, and you can really understand how to avoid taking losses early on, um, I think the freedom of playing somebody else and, and the selection Sunday, how it starts a new season in our guys' heads, 
hopefully the excitement of that carries us through this first weekend. But there's a bunch of little factors, and then you really need to reel all that back in underneath the excitement. And behind the scenes, you need to turn your phones off, lock in, get off social media, and just treat this like a business trip. So we're leaving today to go to Denver for a business trip. And that's where Scott, I think, will be elite as he leads the guys. We've got to reel back from the excitement and get locked in our responsibilities and then execute. Well, they just need to be like you. You're pretty good at staying off social media. Um, I, I'm not quite as good, but you can put the phone away. You don't tweet a lot, and, uh, and I think you're a good example for your players. The worst thing is when a parent wants their child to stay off the phone, and they're constantly on the phone at restaurants and all of that. So I, uh, I think you're a good example, John, for, uh, for your players. And quite honestly, not even everybody on your team has a Twitter handle. I remember there's, there's a couple players I've tried to find their Twitter handle. They don't even have one. And I honestly think that's a great sign that they're maybe not, you know, that into. And people that do is fine, too, because you need to, you know, they, they should have the opportunity to kind of grow their brand and, and all of those things. Yeah, I, I think brand growing is really important, especially with NIL. Uh, I would say, you know, we use Twitter. We're, we're close to the same age, and our guys maybe are not on Twitter because they moved past it. And uh, Instagram is where they do most of their work. Uh. Um, or friendship. So uh, they do have it, and they're definitely dialed into it, and it's part of the new NIL wave that's going through college sports. Uh, but I think they just hang out on Instagram a little bit more than Twitter. But um, more than anything, I don't think it's right or wrong. I don't think there's a right answer. But I do think there's a way to make sure that you know that you're ready. And um, you, you've slept enough. You've, you've ate enough. We need to adjust to the altitude in Denver. There's just a lot of responsibility that goes into that. So as long as we're mature as we walk into that, whether they have their phone or not, you can't take a kid's phone away anymore. Um, and even if you do, they're just going to find their iPad. So they're going to need to make a choice <laughs> to turn all that off, go to bed and sleep. And um, really the team that – that is the most mature most often this time of year is the one that lasts the longest. And um, whether it's a final four run at Gonzaga I was on or the national championship run here, those kids were so dialed into just one thing, almost obsessed. And um, that's, that's what it takes to make a run. You just got to be obsessed. Did, um, did y'all reach out to, I'm trying to think if we have any friends with the nuggets. We have a lot of friends that have spread across the NBA. Now Melvin used to be there. He's a big Baylor guy. Uh, any, any, what, what did you do? Scott had said he might reach out to some people to try to prepare for the altitude. Um, are y'all doing anything in terms of trying to, uh, uh, do the best to prepare for something like that? And then when you get to town, will there, will you do anything to try to maybe help the guys get acclimated a little bit more for it? Yeah. Dave Snyder and our trainer and then Charlie Melton, they put together kind of a plan with, with coach Drew for the guys. Uh, we do have friends with the Nuggets. I don't know that there's any Baylor guys with the Nuggets anymore, but their front office, we, we have some friendships there. Uh, they actually hired a former GA of ours, uh, Jake McGee. Um, he's with their G League team right now. So there is a common friendship. Um, and, you know, Scott loves research, and he's going to put everything in place that's going to give us an advantage. So when it comes to the altitude, the oxygen, the breathing, the sleeping, there's a plan for almost every little step that we have or that we'll, we'll take while we're there. Um, so hopefully those will give us an advantage, but at the end of the day, 
you can breathe right, sleep right, and eat right. If you don't box out, it's not going to matter very much. We're not going to last very long. So I think we're going to focus on the rebounding rims, and then we're going to trust the trainers and stuff to take care of the rest. And our guys will be faithful in those things, but we've got to execute on the court. And, you know, that's the part we need to make sure we control the most. All right. I want to see a photo if, like, the guys are wearing, you know, masks or anything or any of those kind of gas mask type deals. To Well, uh, you're a media guy. You can show up with your media pass and come to the open practice. We'd love to have you. You can come down on the floor, take some pics, and see if they have a mask on or not. <laughs> By the way, I was allowed to be down there for your first 10 minutes of practice or whatever. What's funny is yeah. the rest of them, I, well, but somebody told me the other day at Kansas City, no, you can't go down there. It's closed. And so I came down there thinking I was going to get in trouble, and I raced out of there being the good, you know, actually following the rules, and then was told everybody else was still down there, the rest of the media. The rest of the day, John, after I, I interview, talked to you and interviewed Scott and everybody, I just sat there. I watched a Porter practice. I watched a whole Kansas practice. And, by the way, Bill Self, it's kind of funny. I mean, uh, and, of course, he was doing great that day, and I'm, I'm glad he's doing so much better. But it's interesting to watch how the coaches run those things, you know. Uh, you know this, you live it, but I love watching that stuff. And like Porter Moser ran the entire practice for Oklahoma, right? Bill Self just kind of, I mean, they did their thing, and literally I looked up on the clock and there was like six minutes left of the practice, and, and, he, and he finally, he was just visiting with all the media, having a great time, and he finally strolled out there, and he kind of ran a couple of things, and they fussed at uh, Grady Dick. Grady was not paying attention, and he kept, you know, just – goofing around and so they had to holler at Grady a little bit John I had the time of my life just watching practice after practice I could not get enough of it so anyway you know I love kind of what you guys do and observing all that so that was uh that was a lot of fun and I peeked in there and saw you getting after some folks so that was fun too to watch you uh I can't remember what the message was you were sending but something about you know uh, making sure you stayed in front of somebody or, you know, know your assignment and all that. So, anyway, I enjoyed all that. Yeah, you want to, if you watch all ten walkthroughs, you'll see ten different personalities. And if you really want to see a head coach's personality, find yourself into one of those walkthroughs the day before a game. Some will be playing music. Some will be relaxed. Some will talk to the media. Some will control everything and every detail and every second as a control freak. And some will trust their assistants. But, You'll find out a ton in that that forty minutes day before a game when they're allowed on on the floor. So I'm glad you enjoyed that. All right. Well, I'm glad you're uh, hanging with the Bears still because I saw something in the last few days that one of these open jobs they had been perhaps pursuing you and AB. And I just uh, I'm like, man, I didn't even know about all that. So anyway, uh, it sounds like we're uh, hopefully going to be able to hold on to you. But I could understand why some uh, other programs would be pursuing you guys. Uh, John, appreciate it. Safe travels, and uh, have a great time in Denver. And then uh, I'll meet you guys in Louisville, okay, for the Sweet 16. That is my plan. Well, let's make that plan actually happen because that means a lot of positive things happen this weekend. So don't believe everything you read on Twitter, and uh, let's make the Baylor Bears great this weekend. And I'd love to hang out in Louisville. So thanks for having us, and thanks for all you do for the program. You bet. There he goes, John Jacobs, Baylor co-associate head coach, does a tremendous job for the Bears, and uh, he and A.B., great uh, uh, co-associate head coaches after Jerome Tang left. All right, it is the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, and we've got the weekly appearance.